Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. To uh, communicate great truths to help us in our daily lives. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the New King James Version says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Wow, there's a lot of alls in there. Little word, but it's a huge thing. All sufficiency in all things. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in Him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Wow, that sounds like where we are today. And uh, the charities and, and we're all helping one another. We're caring and sharing from the government to um, churches, to charities, to individual people uh, all around. We're sharing. And it says that there'll be all grace no matter what the situation, no matter what your circumstances or your uh, need is right now whether you're in great need saying how are we going to uh, feed our family because we've just lost our job or the neighbors are now uh, struggling to know how they're going to cope today I want to leave some hope with you today that God will provide this grace from God it says it's actually a grace sometimes when we think of grace it's unmerited favor we think of salvation and forgiveness and all of those things but it says giving is a grace so God has poured out his grace to actually help meet your practical and financial needs we need to know how God's word works God wants us to have sufficient no matter what is happening around us imagine living this way of blessing because your parents or grandparents taught you and now you're the third or fourth generation for some of you maybe you haven't been taught the blessing of trusting God as your source and giving to him but you can start this new generations for your kids and grandkids you can start this in your own life as a young person and the last few weeks, we've looked at the myths that have attached, attached to money. We've looked at the, the spirit attached to money. We've also looked at the truth that money is a divine test to see if you are ready for the true riches. None of us like exams or tests. I'm sure that's the case. But money is a test to see where our heart is and, and who do we trust in. And also last week, we looked at the multiplication of money. Sir Winston Churchill, the famous prime minister of England, once said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. I think that's a very powerful statement. I'd like to say that again and let you think about that. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Give to God, give to our families, give to um, one another, <clears throat> give to the kingdom of God. Today, to wrap up this series, we want to look at money's pathway. Generosity is so essential but Paul de Jong shares in his book, God, Money and Me, that there are more components to creating a pathway to financial freedom. He talks about the principle of the 10, 10, 10, 70 principle. Some of you may have heard of that. Many of you haven't. I want to explain what that is briefly today. There are four components to create the right foundation for the pathway of financial freedom. A bit like concrete. You need cement, which is the glue that holds it together. You need some sand. You need some stones. And you need some water. Together in the right amount, they create a foundation to stand on and build from. I remember making some stairs and pathways years ago. And I was a younger um, husband and father. And I hadn't made concrete before. And I put too much stone and sand in. 
and it was just so hard to try and mix that. And next time I put too much water, it was just like slush, and it was tipped out of the wheelbarrow. I learned you've got to have the right components, but you've got to also have the right amount and do it in the right order. For those who aren't concreters, but, <coughs> excuse me, you love baking, you've got recipes. And we know if you've got a recipe, if you follow it, you've got to have the right ingredients. Then you've got to have, put them in in the right order. If you put all the dry stuff first, you're going to have really gluggy cakes and biscuits or bread. So you need to put them, the right ingredients in the right order and then you have the right temperature and everything and you'll find an amazing um, production will come out of your fridge or, out, sorry, from your fr stove or out of your microwave. It's the same in the financial world. In part three, we talked about stewarding or honouring God's sovereignty which comes out of a revelation that the first tenth belongs to God or tithing. And some people will say, well, hold on, that's, that's Old Testament. We're going to address that in a moment. So today I want to look at four components. The first one, they all start with S, so the first one is stewarding. And you can imagine four bottles here or four containers, and we're going to put the first 10% in the first bottle, which is stewarding. It's the first and major component. And we want to remind you of the Bible verses from Malachi 3, verses 6 to 10 for I am the Lord I do not change therefore you're not consumed O sons of Jacob return to me and I'll return to you says the Lord of hosts but you said in what way shall we return will a man rob God yet you have robbed me but you say in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings God here brings a very powerful truth and and every time now and then I talk to people and I say well that's just so Old Testament law we live under the new covenant we live in the the freedom of the Holy Spirit but do you realize that the um, tithing or the 10% to God was created 430 years before the uh, law was given? It is mentioned in the law in Leviticus 27 verses 30 to 32. And uh, it lists there the, the importance of the tithe and putting God first. Because when we put God first, then he can bless the rest. Otherwise, money will control us instead of us being uh, using it and being good stewards to put God first. And when we have plenty it's a test and when we don't have enough it's a test so many people right now are saying hey we're not sure we're going to have enough I want to encourage you if you've been a giver and a tither don't pull back now saying well we've only got half the income how are we going to do this I've learned from when I was first a child with my pocket money I put 10% into the offering at church I've learned to do that and the biggest test is sometimes when you have more because then you think wow and I remember hearing a pastor say this guy came to him, a businessman. He'd got so blessed. He says, Pastor, I can't tithe. I'm making a million dollars a year now. It's too hard to tithe 100000 And the pastor said, well, really? He said, I used to be able to do it when I only got 25000 a year. He says, okay, I'll pray though, that your income now reduces from a million back to 25000 So then you'll be able to tithe again. The guy says, no, 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 I don't want you to pray that. He says, well, what are you saying? It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And I thought, it's a real test. For our hearts and lives so whether you got plenty or not much i want to encourage you there's blessing in just putting god first and uh, and then it's also in matthew 23 23 jesus said it's it's in the new covenant in the new testament that tithing needs to be done with a right heart and with a, a right attitude so stewarding our tithe is the test it the tithe is not my tithe i'm really just returning back to what belongs to god because he owns everything and if you understand the truth that he's our source, our jobs, our cars, our homes, our food, our resources, our investments, whatever we have, they are all loaned to us by God. 
And when you have that attitude, it takes a lot of pressure off. Otherwise, you've got to control it and you get worry when it disappears. And so, so many people now are afraid because their uh, stocks and shares have reduced so much. Their superannuation is going down instead of up. They are real challenges. But I'm sure that will turn around like it always has after a time of uh, challenge. But it's putting uh, God first and trusting Him. So you're turning to God. So can I determine where it goes? No, it's God. So it goes to where he wants it to go. And he says the local storehouse, which in our culture is the local church. He wants you to give to missions, to charity. But we give that as offerings above the 10%. Because when you give the 10% in your local church, then God will bless the rest. And you'll end up having more to give to all those other worthy causes. And God wants us to be generous. Malachi 3.10 reminds us, bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God's plan for the salvation of the world, his first and ultimate plan is to work through the local church where there's believers that uh, share the love and power of Jesus. If, is God in control of your money? Is mammon in control of your money, the spirit of the world? Or am I in control of my money? That's the challenge today. And there's a great challenge across the world and in our nation, in our community, where resources. Whose is it? Is it mine and you've lost it? Then there's such fear and panic. Is it God's? Then you can trust him whether you've got little or much. And he will be your all-sufficiency. And the first tenth is stewarding to God. One more verse in this area. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. It reminds us that God's our source. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. I'm such a good businessman or I'm, I'm a good worker. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is today. God's our source. Tithing doesn't guarantee financial breakthrough, but it's the essential first step. God enters into partnership with my financial Second S is seeding. So we've got stewarding and seeding. Understand the power of sowing seeds. Seeding opens the door for harvest. If there is no seed, why would you expect to harvest? The law of seed time and harvest. Noah and his family, they survived a crisis, a worldwide flood. Noah and his three uh, married children survived the flood and the animals. That would have been a smelly journey, that one, hey? It's not a romantic idea, that one. But they survived because they trusted God. And they came out the other end of a crisis and God says, hey, I'm going to bring the rainbow. I'm never going to flood the whole earth again. And he said, from now on, these is some new things are going to happen. Genesis 8:22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. If you seed, you can expect a harvest. Many things are beyond our control, but sowing seed in the harvest is not one of them. And uh, the New Testament in Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So the sowing and reaping principle is number two in finding a pathway of financial freedom. By stewarding and giving our tithes, we're, we're saying, God, this is all yours and we trust you. Now we're learning to sow seed. The, it says, don't let anything deceive or sidetrack us. Wow, a pandemic crisis, is it going to sidetrack us in our trust that God's still our source? 
is our work hours reduced or we're saying, well, there's an opportunity here, but boy, it's a big risk. Will I take it? If God's stirring your heart, step up and take those opportunities. Let's not step back. It's, it's amazing. The, uh, the Empire State Building was built in the middle of the Great Depression when everyone else had closed down. This guy says, no, we're going to build a great building and it's still a great uh, building in America. Everyone else was closing down, but he says, no, no, we can do it. And they found a way. And so in the midst of crisis, often that's where creativity and faith is born. And I know that some people are already doing that across our community. In the um, J.B. Phillips version, it says, Don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what one sows. Imagine a farmer. I was, grew up on a farm and I never ever saw my dad go out and plant some wheat seed and then expect corn to grow. You think, oh, that's crazy. Some of you have got a little backyard veggie garden. Some of you attempted to start one again in case we run out of food. And uh, if you plant some carrot seeds, you'd be crazy to be a week later jumping and saying, where's my lettuce plants? You know, we think that's crazy. But in church life, we often do exactly that. We sow something and we expect a different harvest. Let's do it God's way and see the blessing that comes. Sow purposeful seeds. You can't harvest a great marriage without sowing honour to your spouse. You can't harvest victory with seeds of depression and being overwhelmed. You can't harvest unity after sowing seeds of strife. You can't harvest lasting success with seeds of compromise. And you can't harvest financial breakthrough without the right financial seeds. Why? Because seeds produce after their own kind. It's in the natural, it's in the emotional, it's in the spiritual. Seeds need to be sown in good soil. Unplanted seeds fail to produce. If we had a farmer and he had all this seed and says, oh, it's a bit dry, I won't sow the seed. And then he gets really angry at God, where's my harvest? He says, well, you've still got the seed in the, in the shed. Sometimes we get frustrated with God or other people in our relationships when we forgot to keep sowing the seeds of forgiveness and kindness and love don't get angry and blame someone else why the harvest hasn't come you didn't plant the seeds or we didn't plant the right one so I want to encourage you at this time to make sure we do the right seeds we need to move from need consciousness to seed consciousness look at things God's given you as seeds to plant you don't plant all the seeds you plant some of them and then he will bless your harvest, and then you are able to use it and share it. Some people get the seed and the needs all mixed up. But God help teach us. What are you sowing in your life right now in this season of fear and uncertainty? Let's sow love and kindness and generosity and see the harvest grow in and through you. As soon as we think we can't, we've already sown a seed that is a harvest attached to it. Wow, that's negativity. We can't be negative and expect a positive outcome. Third one is saving. So we steward we seed, and the third one is saving. I need to embrace saving. This is where many people, and Paul de Jong shares, for many years he was generous and often gave lots of stuff to the church and to God and the needs and around them. And when he was 38, he says, we're never ever going to get our own home because every time we get a bit of money together, we just give it away all the time. There's a principle, if you want financial pathway, you've got to learn to save as well. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. That's Proverbs 13.22, and that's a really good proverb. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. We see the stories of um, before the virus broke out, all these uh, 
grey nomads going everywhere and saying, we're spending the kids' inheritance. <laughs> You've heard that, haven't you? <laughs> and it's okay to enjoy the rewards of life, but that's not a real biblical principle to spend it all and have nothing to pass on. God's designed us to pass on. And as a church, we want to... Uh, build a larger facility next year. You say, well, in the midst of the crisis, why on earth are you doing that? We want to continue to plan so that we can sow seeds for the next generation and the next generation. And we uh, keep reaching out to youth saying, oh, look, it's just such hard work. Hey, we're doing it for the next generation. We sow into our kids with truth and honesty and kindness and, and faithfulness to God. Why? Because we're sowing into the next generation. And let's do that with wisdom and with grace. Don't give everything away and then hope for a harvest. The farmer says, oh, my neighbours have got no food. I'll give them my seed. Then he's got no harvest next year. We've got to learn as Christians and as people what is seed and what is to be consumed to provide for our needs. I believe you need to ask God for wisdom on that. In businesses, they know if they don't keep investing, their business will eventually plateau and then decrease. So you need to cover your operating costs, but you need to be sowing in for the next growth or expansion or new technology or new staff and churches, everyone, we need to do that in our, in our lives. Legacy creates a generational echo. A little saved invested today can secure, secure and ever enlarging tomorrow. If you manage your money, it won't manage you. I read a little article the other day about the woman in, that Jesus saw with putting two little mites, two little copper coins in. This guy worked out how much that would be worth today, 2,000 years later. And it was, it was 58 trillion trillion, or I think it was gazillion or whatever it was. It was, a, it was enough to pay off the whole world's debt plus more if that would have been invested for 2,000 years. It's a little bit invested well can produce a great harvest. So steward and sowing seed and sowing. So the 10-10-10-70 principle is the first 10% is for stewarding, tithing, giving to God. The next 10% is for um, seeding. The next 10% is for saving. And then the 70% afterwards is what you learn to live on. And I can hear, ouch, some of you are saying, what? We can't live on even what we've got, the whole lot. That's probably a goal for some to aim for, and you might need to start at a lot lower level. Don't budge on the 10% because that's God's plan. You might start 10, 2, 2, 86 and then progressively work your way to a goal where you can learn to live on 70% of your income. Many have discovered, even people who are not Christians have discovered this is a powerful way to live. And uh, Marilyn and I have started this journey the last few years. We haven't quite got there yet, but we're definitely heading that direction. And you need to match your seed to what you save, otherwise it'll get out of balance. The 70% is what we spend. Saving is our generational saving plan. Saving is not just saving for a holiday, but it's, it's investing in a home or it's saving for something that's going to be able to be passed on down the future. Aim towards that 70. Some will start with 10, 5, 5, 80. Sowing, saving can reduce debt if you manage your money. The farmer sows the seed, then he collects the harvest. Then he sows some more seed and reaps a greater harvest. And I remember one amazing uh, Latorno, who's invented a lot of the incredible big, large uh, bulldozers and graders in the early part of last century in America, God blessed him so much that he was living off 10% of his income and giving 90% away. Wow. You say, mate, I can't live on 100%. And there are seasons of testing. But I want to encourage you, be faithful to what you've got and see what God will do. 
Always match your seeding and saving. The kingdom of God does need more money, not to make the church rich so that the gospel and needs can be met. And the last one to wrap it up today. So we've got stewarding, we've got seeding, we've got saving. And the last one is spending. Uh-oh, spending's the biggest challenge. That's where budgets come in. Some of you have done budgets and you've broken them by the next morning. First time you walk through the shops, oh, I need that. Do you really need it? <laughs> and uh, we don't really understand delayed gratification in today's high-pressured advertising and marketing world. Buy now, pay later. We've been raised in a culture, credit cards, easy finance. With spending, we must live in predetermined boundaries. And I want to encourage you, this is the fourth part of a successful pathway for financial blessing, is looking at budgets, having predetermined boundaries. Tomorrow's breakthroughs require strong budgeting and focused boundaries in our borrowing and spending. Don't borrow for depreciating assets. Look at increasing your income. And I love hearing stories of creative ways to to do other things and create and buy and sell and invest and study and work hard. There's a really powerful proverb. It says in Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Wow, that's a really powerful thought. Verse 23, Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. Fallow ground, I was born on a farm, and a fallow ground is where you choose not to plow up a paddock for a year so that you let the ground settle and get mulched up and get ready. But if you leave that there, just stay for years, it'll just be full of weeds and grass and it'll never produce fruit or a harvest or a crop. And the Bible's saying a lot of us have got fallow ground in our hearts and minds and in our um, opportunities that we just haven't plowed up and found a way to sow seed and multiply. I want to encourage you today, don't think about what you don't have, think about what you do have opportunities crisis can bring out the best you start to simplify your lifestyle and so many things we think we needed to have a lot of us now in this crisis thinking, well do i really need that do i really need all those subscriptions do i really need all these things and i believe this is a time don't waste your crisis one guy says don't waste your pain let's simplify our lives let's see what are the true values in our hearts what am i spending on that i don't need to be spending on and uh, we don't have to be spending money to impress the neighbours who we don't like anyway. Don't, don't go into debt to try and keep up with whoever. Let's, let's live generous but clean and truthful lives. And that let's break up some of the ground and sow some seed in areas that we just haven't developed yet. Look for creative ways to in, increase your income. If I increase my income, I can then increase my spending. So today, to wrap up this series... I want to encourage you. Let's learn those four principles for um, financial success, a pathway. Many of us do one or two of them well, but Pastor Paul de Jong over many years discovered that if you have all these four working in right order, you will have a great ingredient. You'll produce a blessed life. And no matter what comes your way, you will find that God's sufficiency will be yours. So we have stewarding, putting God first. Number two is learning the power of sowing seeds in the right way in the right time. Thirdly is saving. I need to embrace saving for the future. And fourthly, spending in the right way. And I believe we get those four S's together, those four containers. And some of you might even think, 
um, that will be a great deal. I, I read a book a, a while ago of a guy who was not a committed Christian, but he discovered the truth of this, and he was promoting it to, to teaching students how to learn to save and how to give. And I thought, this is, these are powerful truths, and if you've been good in generosity, but you haven't seen much harvest, maybe because you haven't been aware of the seed sowing principle or sowing in the right place or re reducing your spending and drivenness with marketing and advertising and you are just overspending you're eating your seed you're spending your seed instead of investing it you're forgetting to put God first so I want to encourage you during this challenging time if we do it God's way he'll release his supernatural power to bring increase <clears throat> we must live within our means but we must make room for the future blessing of God over our lives and as a church. Maybe today as we wrap it up, you've been watching and think, wow, I don't have much hope for the future. I'm not sure how I'm going to cope through this. I'd like to pray a prayer with you today. And I'd like to take a moment to speak to your heart. Maybe you've never, ever really opened your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you've once known God and trust Him, but it's time to reconnect your faith. And you've been thinking, wow, who am I going to turn to in this crisis? And I'd like to pray a prayer right now and invite you to open your heart to Jesus, to ask Him to forgive you of your sin, to invite His amazing love and His hope to come into your life. And just before I pray, I want to read this verse and then we're going to pray. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace if you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Where are you today? Where's your heart at? Are you overwhelmed by fear? If you know Jesus, let's reaffirm our faith today. But maybe you've never ever opened your heart to Jesus. Or you've, someone's been sharing with you and think, wow, God, I really need to connect. Maybe you're at home watching with family or friends and you think, wow, I've watched their lives and they really have a peace and a hope in the midst of this time, but I'm not sure if I do. I'd invite you right now just to, just to take a moment and maybe close your eyes just to close out distraction. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer and invite you to maybe pray this prayer where you are watching today and invite Jesus into your heart. If you are a follower of Jesus and you've known God for many years, maybe you want to pray this prayer as a fresh surrender and saying, God, I'm going to trust you through this time. Why don't we pray? Let's say these words. Father God, I open my heart to you. I invite you to come into my life. Jesus, forgive my sin. I choose to trust you today. I ask you for blessing, for healing, for hope, for peace over my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And I ask for your blessing in every area of my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer today, maybe for the first time or you haven't done that for a long time, there'll be some details on our screen of how you can uh, contact Bayside Christian Church on our Bayside app or our website and there'll be other ways that you can connect and we'll, we're willing to offer a free Bible or to connect you with our Alpha course which will help you grow as a new Christian or to connect you with some other Christians if you've done this on your own or if you're in a home with some others, why don't you take a moment to pray together with those people right now. And I'd like to finish today with a prayer of blessing over our finance, this pathway. For some of us we've got stuck on 
number four has been our big problem or maybe number one trusting God and putting him first or wow I never really thought about the seeding and and saving part I want to pray that God's going to take you on this and maybe listen to this again. It'll be up on a podcast and you can listen to this message again and go over it and write out the scriptures and say, hey, God, teach me how to live in blessing. This has been a joy to share this series with you and I pray it's been a blessing and especially at this challenging financial time, we're going to see blessing and increase. I'd like to pray blessing on you today. Father, I pray for everyone who's been watching today. Lord, I just pray as they've done this series, maybe seen one or more of the sessions, I just pray today for your blessing and favour. Lord, for increase. Lord, I pray you would reverse those things that have been stolen or robbed from people's lives and there would be breakthroughs. Lord, help us to live this pathway of blessing, of stewarding, Lord, of seeding, of saving and of spending in right order. Help us if we're out of order with those that you would help us, Lord. Teach us your ways. Lord, I pray for your provision and favour with jobs and work. Lord, I pray for health and strength over our people today. And I pray until we share next week that this week will be a blessed week regardless of what's happening around us. Keep us all safe from this virus. And Lord, help us to be a blessing because we are blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.